never miss the latest game tea. Check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your sip and pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show. And thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. And I'm Zar. Zach is not joining us today, which is actually a shame because we're talking about something huge that happened. But of course, we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. First of all, as always, Zar, how are you doing and what games you play right now? Oh, I am doing good and I am back on Grounded. The full release of the game is out and I am loving it. Okay, so the full release of the game is out, but you already sunk so much time in that game. Was it a substantial release? Was there a lot added? There was. There actually was. Um, I was really worried because, yes, I have done everything in the game leading up to the game's full release. Right. And I was kind of worried that I wouldn't have anything to do. But yeah. it was really clever how they released it and rolled it all out uh, because you got all of your progress set back. So I was sent back to the very beginning spot. I had to collect all of the robot chips yeah. again. But they left my base and all of my inventory and skills intact. And I heard that they were doing that. Like, you know, just because we're moving from, I guess, what was technically the beta to the full release of the game. Like, you'll still have your progress and stuff, right? Yeah. Or at least the items that you got along the way so far. Is that how it works? Yes. So, like, I had full tier three gear. So any resources that I came across in the early game that you had to come back and harvest later when you had those tools, yeah, uh, I was able to do so right from the beginning, which really made the game kind of fun because I was able to make significant progress as opposed to trying to reestablish myself in the yard. Okay. Um, and the purpose of setting players back fully in progress uh, as far as story goes, I think was a phenomenal idea because recollecting all of the story chips unlocks a much deeper story like you get voice acting you get to hear more of the behind the scenes of what wendell tully the scientist who invented the shrink ray yeah actually was doing and experimenting on okay it, it just added a lot of substance the enemies are terrifying i will say fuck black widow spiders fuck them of all the things i think that'd get me i'm not even that afraid of spiders i'm really not but you know, number one, I think orb weavers are one of the most terrifying looking spiders that there are. And that they implemented that, didn't they? Like yep. orb weaver spiders. What else do they have? Black widows, the wolf um, spiders. Diving bell spiders. What the fuck is um, a diving bell? Like the water spider? Yeah, it lives underwater. Oh my God. Yeah. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. That reminds me of a funny story I heard where it's like, did you know that moose are able to dive 50 <laughs> meters in the water? Yeah, and I saw that meme and the moose has like a knife in its mouth, <laughs> yeah, like it's approaching underwater. a scuba diver. <laughs> That's exactly what that reminds me. It's like, I'm not safe anywhere. Even they could dive to get me. This is awful. Uh, that's fucking funny. But yeah, so they added like spiders, praying mantises, and a bunch of new areas. The newest and final area of the yard is beautiful. It is like ste stepping into the Mushroom Kingdom. Right on, man. That's exciting. Absolutely. So what's on your docket? Okay, so Christine and I are still playing It Takes Two. And I can absolutely see now how it won Game of the Year. Because... Initially, when we started playing the game, like I was like, okay, this is easy, right? Because, full disclosure, Christine does like to play games, but games that let her play like at her own pace, you know, where it's like, that's, that's why she likes Stardew Valley so much, is because, yeah, there's a clock, but she gets to do whatever the fuck she wants to do, and she gets to do it at a pace that she's comfortable with. So she's not really comfortable with mechanics that, you know, you need to do rapidly or quickly or like there's any time based like you know do this now yeah like you know you've played it takes two for example like there's a lot of missions where it's like 
Okay, so we're both winding on this rail, and we have to press Y on the thing at the correct time to make this fan stop spinning, or else we're both going to get chopped up. Ah, I know what you're talking about. You know what yes, I'm talking about? Like, yes. We had to do that eight times, <laughs> and each attempt was followed by, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I killed you again. You know, I could totally, I'm a very patient person in general. Well, it, sometimes. It depends, sometimes. When it comes to this, I'm like, no, 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 let's try this again. You almost had it, you know? But I could totally see if you are the kind of gamer who has trouble relying on teammates, you could get a little bit more angry. God damn it, we've done this <laughs> 17 times. You know when to push the damn button. And what's funny about Christine is she's the kind of person where she always feels like it's her fault. Where I feel like Lauren's the opposite, like <laughs> trying to find a way to make it like this is your fault. And I'm going to figure out how to make it seem That's like it is so funny because it's so true. Like <laughs> she could kill me and it would somehow be my fault. Like we could do one of those easter egg death moments where one person like gets into a car the other person pulls the car back and launches the person forward i could be riding in the car and she's like that was your fault yeah you're <laughs> like yes dear yeah <laughs> i know i suck my favorite part of the game so far has been um you know there's a part where there's a big button in the fucking squirrel tree that says do not push yes and whoever pushes the button of the two of you gets put in this jar and the other person has the opportunity to like torture you <laughs> with like these different squirrel methods of killing wasps guess who was in the jar was it you it was me <laughs> i was in the jar too and what's funny it's like again christine wanted to release me right away without hitting any of the other buttons i'm like no 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 no. let's see what some of these do lauren would probably be like oh i'm gonna enjoy this no yeah lauren saw the snowflake icon on a button she's like "Ooh, what does this do dead Ooh, what does this fire do? Oh, Dead. <laughs> Ooh, what does this electricity do? Dead. That's so funny. Oh, that game is great. It deserved game of the year, 100%. I, so, yeah, we're playing that. It's going well. We've beaten a few bosses. But, again, I could totally see, like, if you're the kind of gamer that rages, like, if you want to stay in a relationship, don't play this game. <laughs> it's, it's significant other, especially it's if they're not super savvy in video games, like Christine's not, you know? And, of course, when I just need a little bit of loving for myself, uh, I went back to Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Power Wash Simulator. I'm in the middle of washing a house, and I'm just like, this is the epitome of gaming. When you take a break from the daily grind to grind on a daily game. Exactly. It's funny with my dad, because, like, I'll tell my dad about games like this, and he's like, I don't fucking get it. You want to do work? He's like, as a game? Yeah, he's like, you know, you could go power wash our driveway. We have a power washer. <laughs> we, we got a power washer right here. Come on, man. <laughs> like, I don't know power wash our driveway. I want to do it to this virtual one. I want to sit here and power wash <laughs> the driveway. It's just, I mean, no wonder older generations think we're fucking doomed. We're just playing farming simulator. We are... And- we're playing games based upon daily activities <laughs> that people despise, and we think it's fun. But on the other hand, I think what's funny about that is, like, these fucking boomers can't keep up the video games are destroying the youth conversation, right? Because <laughs> it's like uh, you're in court against one of these stupid fucking moms that are like, eh, it's destroying the youth. And they used to be able to point to Doom Eternal where you're like, I, I mean, I mean, it is pretty. And now I can be like, Your Honor, may I present the game that was number one on fucking Xbox Game Pass for three months straight? Power Watch Simulator. Followed closely by SnowRunner. <laughs> and he's just, and they're just like, yeah, this is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on anymore. We live in a fucking simulation. That is, that is for sure. <laughs> All right. Zach's not here. We don't have a very formal script, but we're going to go a little bit off script today. Here's what we're doing today. Number one, something huge happened over the last week, and we got the Super Mario Bros. movie trailer, the official trailer. We're going to go into that a little bit. The other thing we are going to do is get it into the spoopy season with uh, Zar's, what do we call it? Horror hype. Zar's horror hype, which I thought was something totally different when you first pitched it. You really should have showed up with pants today. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I still feel like I made the right choice. <laughs> All right. 
So number one, let's dive into Super Mario Bros. Do you but, have something to, get to do first? Before we do that, I do have a little bit of a story that I found kind of funny, and it is kind of along the lines of the spooky season. Okay, do tell. So I entitled this story, I Yelled at a Spider and Made It Feel Bad. Okay. And this story starts on Trash Day, when I needed to pull the trash can out to the curb, and when I went outside in the morning to do so, I saw, you know, those tiny, like, fat spiders that sit on the middle of their web and they build these, like, six, eight foot long webs or, like, in Yeah, diameter. like, just the fat, the chunky boys. Yeah, yeah. And they're just huge webs all over the place. Uh, well, this little thing was nestled on my trash can, but in a way that its web was only, like, three inches big. And it was connected from the garbage can to the house. So I lifted up the lid to see if I could move the can without disturbing the spider. And the spider, like, bumped into the side of the house and then went back to the middle of the web. (laughs) And I was like, well, fuck, I can't move the trash because your web is directly connected. So I got right in its face, like, a couple inches. My nose was a couple inches from this thing. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I got to get to work and you build the piss poorest web I have ever seen. You should be a fucking shamed of yourself. You can build six foot webs and you build this pathetic little piece of shit. What the fuck is wrong with you, you stupid spider? And then I went inside. And then about half hour passes, I'm getting ready to go to work. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check and see. Maybe, maybe I will just tear the spider's web down and just move the trash can. Well, I go back out, spider's nowhere to be found, and its web is gone. It just packed up and fucking left. It just, there's a note in the web that says, I know what I'm not wanted. I'm sorry, I'm a failure. It's like, look, man, I hear this enough from my wife. <laughs> but yep, so I yelled at a spider, and I made it feel bad, and I ended up taking the trash to the curb that morning. Look, I, if it makes you feel better, spiders have, like, literally two purposes in this life. Build web and eat. So, like, I bet he's more than... Maybe that was the wake-up call he needed. Like, you know what? I'm gonna build the best web. Build the best fucking web that's ever been webbed. That's a positive spin I like. I inspired the spider. I didn't make it feel bad. I inspired it. Or maybe it was eaten by a bird. Or maybe it was eaten by a bird. That's too true, too. (laughs) But that's my story. Fucking, I can't... I don't even like spiders, and I feel bad for that fucking thing. Why'd you have to yell at it? I don't know. It was just, it was, I'm not a morning person. God damn, that poor spider. <laughs> so if you're out Never there, spider. I've felt bad for a spider before. If you're out there, spider, I'm so sorry for yelling at you. You didn't deserve that. Mm. You're going to come home, and that spider's going to be in bed with Lauren one day. <laughs> <laughs> who's now, better who, now? Who's inadequate now? <laughs> All right. What the fuck? This is going off the rails. You want to talk video games? Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) (sighs) All right. We got the trailer for Super Mario Bros. The movie, right? Now, ever since we have kind of gotten that initial direct that one told us there's going to be a movie, but two also told us, like, who the voice actors are going to be for these movies, we've had nothing to go off of but, like, speculation about how high of quality we think this movie is going to be. Right. So when we break down this trailer, there's three things that I really want to talk about. Number one, the animation, how good the animation looks, right? Number two, what we think of the story so far. And number three, what we think of the voice acting, right? Because I feel like that starts off from like people's least amount of concern to people's like most concern. About how this project is going to go. And it pretty much umbrellas everything we know about the movie thus far. Yep, absolutely. Because we don't have a lot of information. All right, so number one. I'm actually super familiar with, like, animation in studios because I watch... I watch this YouTuber named SaberSpark all the time. And what he does is he dissects different, like, pieces of animation and kind of goes into, like, more about the studio and, like, more about, like, the art form of animation... And one thing you can't deny about Illumination, which, by the way, Illumination is the studio that makes the Despicable Me and Minions franchise. So it's like that in itself causes a little bit of concern for some people, I think, because they're just like, oh, fuck. See, I don't God, I don't understand that concern. That just instills confidence for me, because 
Illumination is an established studio. Like, if you think of this kind of 3D-ish blur between reality and animation, Illumination is on the scene. They know this market, and I, I have no no concerns about that. Not with how they... I think it was more of a storyboarding issue. Uh Honestly, because of, like, the kind of humor that's in the Minions movie. But, I mean, if you're talking strictly just about, like, how their movies look, you're absolutely right. You know, besides, um, you know, maybe Disney, I would say that Illumination does some of the best work that it does with animation, right? So, them taking over the Super Mario Bros. movie is never something that I was personally concerned of, at least not from, like, how the movie looks. And, in fact, let's talk about how what we saw in the trailer. So... Immediately, just from watching this two-minute trailer, what are some of the things that stood out to you about the animation? So what really stood out to me in the animation was it just looked so good. Like, everything embodied Mario while giving it kind of that Minions and Despicable Me feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you were definitely aware that you were not watching a video game and not game footage. And I would honestly never want to see a Mario game with these animations. Right. But for a movie, it is a beautiful separation. It's it's kind of... It really reminds me of the finished product of the Sonic movie. Sure. uh, Where... It just has that feel, that video game vibe. It does now. I mean, do you remember what Sonic looked like yes. before we bullied the studio? And that is why I said <laughs> finished product. And the initial product was a bit dis- it was a bit concerning. But no, I get those same vibes. I think the animation works very well. And even like the textures of fire, water, and collisions, it just looks beautiful. I think that one of my biggest areas of concern was basically how true was Illumination going to stay to, like, the character model of each of the characters, right? But the first thing you see in this trailer is Bowser. And just from seeing Bowser, I'm going to make a bold statement. I think they make Bowser look more badass than Nintendo usually does. Like, did you see when Bowser actually uses his fire breath in the fucking trailer? I've never seen Bowser's fire breath like that powerful in any Nintendo product. Yeah, that's fair. And it even had like the lava drips to it. It wasn't just fire breath. Like he was spewing lava mm-hmm. and it was it was really cool. And just like him himself, Bowser, he looks fucking uh, awesome. Uh, you see the Koopa army. The Koopa army looks good. You see the little penguins from the N64 (laughs) Super Mario? Did you see that? Yes, they have, like, their own kingdom and world. Um, I don't even remember what world. I think this was, like, a Super Mario 3D Bros world. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, they have an army of penguins, and it's adorable. I've been seeing the meme go around. Like, do you remember in Super Mario, the 64 when we would all go to the ice world and just immediately throw that mama penguin's child off the edge of the fucking map. Why did we all do that? Because we're horrible, horrible human beings. We all made that for like, what the fuck? What was wrong with us? See, <laughs> I, I have no idea, but every kid did it. And see, I'm just wondering. So it transitioned, the, the trailer transitions from Bowser and the penguins. And then like Bowser is successful in his fight against the penguins. And you know, collects one of the power stars. I'm just wondering if Bowser had to fucking reunite that baby penguin with the mom penguin to collect this star. (laughs) (laughs) Like he fights the army. All the penguins are like, oh my God, it's Bowser. He broke into the castle. And then like one big ass mom penguin comes up. She's like, can you help me find my baby? It reminds me of that quote from Wreck-It Ralph with the bad guy, like the villainous video game villains meeting where that guy is like, just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> and what's ironic about that is Bowser is in that circle. Yeah, yeah, he's got a little so, styrofoam cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, moving forward in the trailer, then kind of after that uh, initial scene with Bowser, we pop into actually seeing Mario for the first time. Correct. And now let's talk a little bit about how Mario looks and the overall vibe of the Mushroom Kingdom and even breaching into when we see Toad. Yes. 
upon first inspection, what do you think of the scenery? Let's let's save Mario and Toad for a second here. But what does the layout look like to you? You know, what's really funny to me is despite the fact that the Mushroom Kingdom has always been called the Mushroom Kingdom. How often did you ever fucking actually see mushrooms? That's that's valid. Like, only, did you, do you recall any time? Uh, only very few levels. Like, you would maybe see in the background some mushroom, giant mushrooms in the distance, but really only those like high platforming levels would you see mushrooms where you're bouncing right. from giant yeah. mushroom to mushroom. And like this mushroom kingdom is actually a mushroom kingdom. There are mushrooms literally everywhere, just littered across this the scenery. And they even show, like, a little mushroom t- town, too, which, uh, again, it's like, it's the Mushroom Kingdom, but all that, the only structure you see most commonly is the fucking castle. Yeah. It's like, who the fuck is Peach ruling over? I know, right? It's like, <laughs> a lot of land. And beyond that, then you can kind of, like, look up into the video and notice a bunch of floating platforms, uh, much like Mario Galaxy yeah. vibe to it. So I'm kind of wondering if those are actually going to bring any substance to the movie or if it's just to give it that Mario vibe. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the scenery goes, I think Illumination's absolutely killing it. I think the kingdom looks good. I think the scenery looks good. You get a little bit of, like, castles and, like, pre-existing structures. Again, like, there was never much of a doubt that Illumination wasn't going to kill it when it comes to the landscape. But what I more what I was more concerned with was basically character models. Like, how are they going to do with the characters? So, let's get on to the coup de gras, Mario. What do you think of Mario's design? I like it. Yep. Um, I think it fits. I think it's a little different. I think Mario's face looks more realistic. Like he looks more of a person than a video game sprite. Yeah, um, there's expression. Um, I, I, yeah, I just, I really like the textures that they gave for Mario. I don't think they really need to change it. Looks similar enough to be good, I think. I agree. I I think Mario does look really good. He's just, I mean, what's really funny is like Illumination, like a lot of these studios tried too hard. Like what happened with the Sonic movie is they tried too fucking hard, right? Because they were like, okay, this is a character that we're bringing into real world, like the real world, right? So we should probably make them look a bit more realistic. And in that, we got this horrible looking Sonic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then even in the finished product, it did look a little bit weird, uh, like Sonic being in the real world. But much better. But on that comparison, I want to bring up that Illumination did a much better job at making Mario look more realistic in a virtual world than the developers behind the Sonic movie did making Sonic look real in a real world. <laughs> yeah, isn't like, to, to emphasize this point, uh, there are a few subtle differences with Mario's attire, one being the pocket on the front of his overalls. Oh, yeah. Uh, he does not usually have that. Um, another being the fact that Mario is wearing a polo shirt in the movie trailer. Yes. He always wears, like, a crew neck. It Like, the overalls almost just kind of seems like it's part of one attire. Like, he's wearing a jumpsuit or something. Mm-hmm. But this is a clear separation of clothing attire. Yep. Uh, and the final piece on Mario that's a little bit different is the fact that he has shoelaces. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. even pick up on that. Like, all very subtle things that really don't matter when you think about it, but put together as a whole really completes the package of realism. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's two more, like, main cast characters that we actually see in this trailer. Number one is Toad. Played by Keegan-Michael Key. What do you, how do you think Toad looks? I mean, it's hard to fuck up Toad, but I think they, for what it's worth, they did a good job. I think it was perfect, and I am so excited to hear Keegan-Michael Key play Toad. I think he's going to do stellar. I, I love that character, and I, I like how this Toad character that you're presented with in the trailer is, you know that's going to be the main Toad in the game. Mm. Like, that Toad is going to be present throughout the, the movie, I should say, because he's got the Adventure Toad's pack, backpack. He does. You're right. Yeah. He, I even, yeah. That, I didn't put two and two together. You're absolutely right. What's that guy called it? Just Adventure Toad or something? Yeah. Something like that. I never even played his game, but I heard it was fun. Yeah. For what it was worth. Yeah. So I kind of got those vibes from Keegan's character. 
And then, of course, in almost like this little side video, at kind of towards the end, we actually see a little bit of Luigi. And, I mean, I don't think there's much you can say about Luigi that you didn't say about Mario, but what do you think? Uh, same story. I think Luigi looks a little bit closer to Luigi's actual representation in video games. Right. Um, I really liked that scene because it, it instilled wonder. Like, I wanted to know what was happening because Luigi was running away from a bunch of dry bones um, and then eventually, like, jumps over some lava, falling trees, and then seeks refuge in a very closely represented classic look of Bowser's castle. Mm-hmm. Like one of those uh, World 1-4 castles or something like that. Absolutely. And I love that scene, love the way Luigi looks. Uh, I really can't wait to see how that scene specifically unfolds. So like I said, the least of people's concerns here was how the movie was going to look. Because we all knew it was going to be good. I, unless you're just an asshole who just likes being a contrarian for the sake of being a contrarian, I don't know how you could make the case that this looks bad. Because it doesn't. It looks very, very good. Agreed. And there are a lot of hidden Easter eggs in it. Um, if you just... Anywhere you look in this trailer, you're going to see a Mario reference. Like, cheap, cheap swimming in a river to, like, Bowser's flag, even as a close representation to the games. That's honestly one of the most exciting parts about video game movies is like being able to catch all the little things that they add, right? Like they didn't do that as much in the Sonic movie as I'd like them to. What was that uh, movie with Ryan Reynolds, Free Guy? Oh yeah, Free Guy. I fucking loved watching that movie just so I could go, I got that reference and I got that reference and that reference. Wreck-It Ralph was the exact same way too. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph was great, both of them. Although my only concern with those movies is sometimes I detach myself from what's actually happening on screen because I'm looking for all of these video game cameos. That's fair. But I I think Illumination is going to find a good balance. I mean, this is the Mario movie, for God's sakes. Like, this is hype. This is, like, going to be probably, hopefully, the first good Mario cinema that we ever see. Now, speaking of that, let's talk about the next thing that people are slightly concerned about, the story. Yes. So, obviously, it's hard to deduce exactly what's going to happen just from a two-minute trailer, right? But I think it seems like a pretty straightforward plot, because the beginning of the movie, or the beginning of the trailer, I should say, uh, Bowser is approaching the Ice Kingdom with the penguins, right? Clearly looking like he's trying to take it over, right? And... He's successful, and once he conquers the ice place and gets the star, like, it can just be assumed that he's kind of moving on with his rampage and eventually will hit the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be, like, uh, the eight stars or seven stars, power stars or whatever. So that's where Mario's going to come in, I guess, and be, like, somehow... Because it's really clear, after the scene with Bowser and the Penguins, it moves on to... Mario first entering the Mushroom Kingdom and meeting Toad, it's really clear that Mario doesn't know where he is. Like, this is his first time in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, that is what I found incredibly weird about this trailer, and I honestly don't know how to feel about it, is that this movie is an origin story. (laughs) This is the origin of Mario in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yep. And, like, that is such a weird notion to think about because we have always just envisioned, oh yeah, go save Princess Peach. Mario knows who Princess Peach is. Right. But here in this movie, he doesn't. He doesn't even know where he's at. He's never met a toad. And that just, to me, raises so many questions. Like, where did Mario come from? Where was he before that? And like, how, yeah. why is he here? And that's the mystery. I watched a Matt Pat video with Game Theory where he suggests that like, because the whole shtick is, of course, Mario and Luigi are plumbers. So, uh, honestly, what it, it'd be really silly. It, like, they're in the city of, like, Manhattan or New York or wherever the fuck Chris Pratt wants them to be from, or, which we'll get into here in a little <laughs> while. And they fall down, like, a sewer cover because that's the big thing within the Mario Kingdom as well, also, is, like, the sewer pipes. And, uh, honestly, it could be something as simple as that, and then Mario gets transported to this world. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but then we got, like, the Mario movie from the 80s again. Yeah. Like, with actual velociraptors as Cooper, Koopa Troopers. <laughs> I liked that movie. I don't care what anyone says. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a fun movie. But, 
Yeah, I don't know how to feel about an or- origin story because I've always just felt like Mario existed in the Mushroom Kingdom. He was born in the Mushroom Kingdom, and that's where Mario dies countlessly. Actually, fun fact, and I learned this from videos too. That is how his origin starts in the Mario games as well. Is he's not somebody who was in the Mushroom Kingdom initially. He's someone who was somehow introduced to the Mushroom Kingdom and over time and many adventures kind of became like its guardian. Huh. Interesting. So actually, and that's, you know, honestly, another interesting point is about how the story they have so far looks like it's staying true to almost the real origin that Nintendo had for Mario, which I think is cool. Are we are we going to have a canical timeline for Mario now? Dude, we're talking about the NCU forming okay the ncu exactly (laughs) where we're gonna have a luigi movie wario and waluigi are getting a fucking movie eventually donkey kong is gonna get introduced to the mix with lanky and donkey kong is gonna be in this movie yeah because of seth rogan that's right yeah yeah so i'm just saying it's like the pieces are here yeah everything is in place and like nintendo's doing the Disney World theme park, and now they've got a cinematic universe building. I'm all here for it. And then, of course, the last piece to the puzzle with the storyboarding is Luigi being at what we can assume is probably Bowser's Castle. So, at some point or another, it's not too much of a reach to suggest that at some point in the story, they do reach Bowser's kingdom. And knowing... The way movies like this go, they're probably going to have, like, some kind of redemption arc for Bowser or some, like, oh, this poor guy was tortured or, you know, because that's a, that's something I've noticed in movies nowadays is the villain just can't be the villain. Yeah, the, the villain has to be humanized. Yeah, exactly. And if you can make it work, fine. But that's never who we've known Bowser as. We've always known Bowser just as the fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> who's just fucking shit up because he can't get a girlfriend. So he has to steal one lying to his kid about former dates, making his kid think that Peach is actually his mom. Was that... Uh, that was introduced in Mario Sunshine, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was the theme of Sunshine. God damn it. <laughs> Bowser, you fucking asshole. So, but I mean, not to say that if they did decide to go that route, they can't do it well, but it's just like, it's okay to let the bad guy just be a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Especially for a kid's movie that's not supposed to be too complicated, because let's face it, it is a kid's movie. Well, and, like, Bowser, I I feel like shouldn't really have that complicated of a character arc anyway. (laughs) Like, he's the king of the Koopas. He's trying to take over the Mushroom Kingdom, cut and dry. Yes. All right. Anything else before we move on from storyboarding? Uh, I think that's about it. Everything else beyond this point is speculation, because it's just a teaser trailer. Correct. All right. Let's get into the bread and butter, the thing people are the most concerned with. The voices. The voices. Let's let's start in order. So Bowser. Uh Jack Black kills it. Kills it. Kills it as Bowser. Fucking love it. I would honestly love to hear Bowser in the games as Jack Black. I mean it, it should be. And number one, I love Jack Black. He's one of my favorite people that I've ever how. peopled ever. <laughs> I fucking love that guy. Tenacious D for life. But I am going to be honest. I was surprised by how good of a job he did being a voice actor. And I know he does have voice acting experience, but for someone like Bowser, I expected like this really low, growly, gravelly voice, which we don't exactly get. But what Jack Black does bring to the table for Bowser, I thought was good. Yes, I think Jack Black tweaks Bowser's character by adding like an excited malice behind it. Like, Bowser has a lot of energy, he's got a lot of hype, but he's evil as shit. Like, right. And you can tell that, like, he's just seething through his teeth, and it, it, it all works very well with Bowser's voice. I think Jack Black kills it, and I think where Jack Black is in his career now, because, like, have you seen Jack Black? He kind of looks like Bowser now. Dude, he's old. He's got the big beard. The big the... gray beard. Like, he is the embodiment of Bowser. I'm going to have to go on a Jack Black marathon soon. Absolutely. Fuck Fuck yeah. Nacho Libre to School of Rock to Tenacious D. (laughs) Oh, and don't forget the holiday. Don't forget the holiday. (laughs) All right. I'm going to save the best for last here. So next, let's talk about Toad. Okay. Keegan-Michael Key. Another one of my favorite actors of all time. Yes. Kills it in Toad's role, too. 
And again, it's one of those things where if you think of Toad, it's like that. Really high! Yeah. And Keegan-Michael Key kind of hits it in that regard, but also just like the inflection and the way that he uses his voice. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's Toad. I could see it. Yeah, just kind of shrieky and like overbearing in conversation. Yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. I I think there's going to be some hilarious one-liners from Keegan-Michael Key's character. Oh, 100%. Toad is going to be the comic relief. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, something but... serious is going to be happening. Like, Mario and Peach are going to be standing in the castle or something, and Toad's going to be like, oh, my God. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. everyone in the theater is just going to lose it. Right. <laughs> I hope what, <laughs> there's some reference. Sorry, Mario, the princess is in another castle. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if, like, they go on this adventure and, like, they're going in the wrong direction and he's just like, oh, I guess the princess is in another castle. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. That'd be fucking funny. With Mike, Kiko, Mike, and Keys. I could, come on. I could totally see that happening. I hope it ha- it has to happen because that is, like, the most iconic reference to Mario is the princess is in another castle. The princess is in another castle. And, like, I could see it playing out, too, when, you know, Toad is leading Mario towards the Mushroom Kingdom. They get into the Mushroom Kingdom, and then Toad, like, runs up to the castle all excited. He's like, oh, come on, I'll, I'll introduce you to the princess. She's in this castle. Come on. And then he, like, opens the door and, like, turns around, quickly close it. Oh, sorry, she's actually in a different castle. <laughs> that I guarantee that's how that scene's going to play out. All right. One more before we get to Mario. Uh, Charlie Day is Luigi. Yes. Now... Luigi doesn't actually have any voice lines in the trailer. What we hear instead is kind of like his grunts as he's trying to wave from the dry bones and like some moans and this and the other thing. But generally speaking, I thought Charlie Day was already a great pick for Luigi because he kind of has like that sporadic way of talking just from what we've seen in like It's Always Sunny, for example, that I think would be fucking perfect for a good Luigi. I I agree. I, I think... uh the comedic nature of Charlie Day just embodies Luigi. Uh, just kind of this tall, goofy guy who's mm. just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, perfect. Although, it was really weird considering we didn't get any, like, actual words out of Luigi's mouth. It was just the screams and, like, running away from the dry bones. Spoiler, that's but half of what Luigi does. Have you played Luigi's Mansion? That's, that's just what Luigi do. He's just going to be screaming most <laughs> of his lines. <laughs> but it was very apparent to me, and this may, again, just because there's no words, but it really felt like somebody just stripped some old audio from Charlie Day and put it there. Like, that audio probably, was not made for the trailer. That probably, was just sunny. It's always sunny. could do that, though. Like, just take It's Always Sunny. <laughs> Yeah, just, clips of him and just put it as Luigi and you're like yeah that's good that's just all the screaming that he does <laughs> alright yeah I, I think Luigi will work I, I have hope for that last but not least Chris Pratt is Mario yeah this is the toughest one now uh, here's a little bit of context when Chris Pratt was asked some questions about exactly what he wanted to do for Mario's voice he said that, to paraphrase, part of what he was going to be doing is looking for a Brooklyn-style accent Hmm. for Mario. So keep in mind that with everything we've heard Mario say in the trailer, and he probably has the most speaking lines, albeit it's not much, that it's supposed to be a Brooklyn accent. So the Mushroom Kingdom, here we come! That's That's a Brooklyn accent. So Chris Pratt was taking inspiration from the 80s Mario movie that we mentioned previously? I guess. Like, I think Chris Pratt said that he did play games when he was a younger kid. But other than that, like, what... I question what his exposure is to the Mario universe. Yeah. Beyond that. Because, like, if... If, like, your inspiration for a Mario voice comes from specific media... What was that media... And how did you come to this, like, oh, he's from Brooklyn? And even if you think he's from Brooklyn, have you met someone from Brooklyn? (laughs) It's not a Brooklyn accent. (laughs) Oh, it's so true. Oh, man. I, yeah, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I can get used to it. I think there should definitely be some reconsidering of how Mario's voice is oriented because you want the woohoo, yippee! Yeah. Wah-ha. Exactly. You want that, and it just really doesn't feel like any of that is present. It really... It doesn't, and 
it's it's clear that Pratt was chosen not for the Creedon, like for the ethos of his voice acting capabilities, but more because he's Chris Pratt. I think and it, anything with Chris Pratt is going to sell. Like that was clear from the start. Yeah, it was it was strictly namesake alone. Because uh, like every other character, like I can see Keegan Michael Key as Toad. Absolutely, 100%. I can see Jack Black as Bowser. Even before seeing this trailer, I was like, I am excited to hear those voices because those people are the perfect cast for this. Anna Joy Taylor for Peach, yeah, it's gonna be fantastic. We didn't hear anything from Peach. We didn't even see Peach, but just knowing Taylor's voice, gonna be fantastic. And look, in my opinion, it's not even. It's not just the fact that I don't think Chris Pratt was made for this role. I think he was just shoved into a movie because he's Chris Pratt. I also think it's a huge punch to the fucking gut that Charles Martinet, who's been the actual voice of Mario for how many years? Uh, at least 30. Like, how could you not select him? Yeah. For He fucking is Mario. He voiced Mario. You've got a guy with years of voice acting talent training you know that just seems so obvious but then at that point since they keep that one original cast would they have to originate all of the cast and like having the main character be the only person who like if you saw what what's the guy who who voiced mario's name again uh charles martinet charles martinet yeah if you saw charles martinet as mario you're like who the fuck is that oh charlie day as luigi i know him oh Jack Black Bowser, I know him. Well, that's clearly why they did it, right? Is to get that actor, like, name recognition to the movie. To get everybody there. To, not that I thought they were going to have trouble getting everybody there in the first place. It's the fucking Super Mario movie. Absolutely. Like, I'm, even if it's dog shit, everyone's still going to go see it. I just, I don't know. I If it has to be Chris Pratt, fine. But... He must have seen, like, the concern that the fans had when he was initially selected a year ago. Probably longer than that, just since it was announced a year ago. And if I were a voice actor, I would have gone, okay, I am going to work my ass off to make sure I have the perfect Mario voice and show everyone that they can suck my ass. Yeah. But instead, what we got was an extremely mediocre, quote-unquote, Brooklyn accent. Well, and not only that, but, like, back to... Toad and Bowser, when you heard their voices, you felt like you were listening to Toad and Bowser. When you heard Mario, I saw Chris Pratt. Like, <laughs> th there was no hiding of Chris Pratt's normal voice in this mediocre excuse for an accent. <laughs> like, it was just Chris Pratt, and it was very apparent that I was not watching animation. I was watching a voice actor's voice on animation. So, I mean, hell, when I put me as Mario. I thought I nailed that Mushroom Kingdom Here We Come line. I thought I could do that. Yeah, you got the Brooklyn accent down. <laughs> much better. Much better. I've never even fucking been to New York. Then again, I don't know if Chris Pratt has. No, he must have been to New York. That's where all like the big movie shit happens besides like LA. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been there. <laughs> has he actually talked with anyone real though? So my final thoughts on Chris Pratt are this. I don't think he's going to necessarily take away from my enjoyment of the movie, but I think that choosing somebody else or at least making Pratt work harder to be a good Mario would have enhanced my enjoyment of the movie. Absolutely. And I mean, the movie is not out yet. We just got a teaser trailer, maybe with some of this review and some of these comments that the fans have been saying, because these are not uncommon opinions that we've shared on this podcast. Today. Oh, not at all. Uh, a lot of people were really hoping that if you can't recast Chris Pratt, then make him work on his Mario. Yeah, 100%. Because his Mario right now is not very good. I mean, hell, we bullied a studio into changing how Sonic looks. Maybe we can bully. Well, I don't want to encourage that. <laughs> it's a lot of violence. I'm not hurting anybody. <laughs> Except the poor animator. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so, all right, any final thoughts before we move on? I think the movie is shaping up to be good. I don't think we're getting anything super complicated out of the plot, but I don't think it needs to be a super complicated plot. It's clear that movies like this are made for fan service, but for what it's worth, I think Illumination's doing good. I think for the most part, all the actors are doing good. I think it's going to be a good movie. 
I, I do too. I think uh, even with everything we've said, Chris Pratt is not going to take away too much from the movie. I think it's still going to be stellar. I think the rest of the cast is going to carry it. And I think that Illumination working very closely with Nintendo is just going to put out a blockbuster. I hope so. I mean, let's be real. Even if this movie sucks ass, it's going to make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I want to put this right next to Detective Pikachu with such joy and admiration. I liked Detective Pikachu a lot. Exactly. (laughs) And I really want to like this movie a lot. All right. So I think we're done talking about Mario for now. We will move on once we... I'm sure there's going to be a couple more trailers before the real release. Speaking of the real release, I think they put that at the end of the trailer. Let me see here. Coming like blah, 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 blah. Uh, it, it says it's coming in 2023. They didn't even say that. They just said coming soon. Coming soon. We got the soon. I would imagine like this movie looks very close to a holiday release. This is going to be holiday 2023 for sure. More than likely, but that's okay. I'm a very patient man. All right. You ready to move on? I am ready to move on. October, people are starting to think about Halloween, and of course that means that we have to tell our fans what the must-plays are for spoopy game season, which you called Zars Horror Hype. Yeah, Zars Horror Hype. Um, so there are a lot of games coming out, and not all of these are gonna be dropping in the holiday or in the Halloween season, but they were announced around this time. Uh first on the docket is a game coming out in early January, allegedly. And this is a game that I just kind of memed on you guys earlier for. Fuck, is it what I think it is? It is indeed. Behold the terror that is Choo Choo Charles. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You shared the trailer with us. I was um, having nightmares for the rest of the day. Explain to us what the hell Choo Choo Charles is. So Choo Choo Charles is a fully open-world horror game where you are running away from a giant steam engine train that is in the shape of a spider. Jesus Christ. And you, your only <laughs> defense is another little steam engine train that you drive across the map and fire, like, rockets, flames, machine gun bullets at Choo Choo Charles. And then you, you know, you make stops, you get off, you go collect some demon resources and artifacts and try to avoid the cult members of Choo Choo Charles. Okay, so first of all, you're getting all this information. There was a trailer that dropped, right? Yes, it is a YouTube video on the gameplay of Choo Choo Charles. Okay, well, number one, we'll be dropping that on Twitter. Um, Number two, I've watched this trailer a few times now. I don't think you've given it enough credit that there really does seem to be, like, a backstory that's going on. Like, they're talking... Because not only are you running away from Choo Choo Charles, which, by the way, is fucking horrifying. Yeah, Choo Choo Charles is pretty scary. But also, there appears to be, like, a cult that's within the game that's, like, supporting Choo Choo Charles. Yep, and they... Who you're also battling against. They wear masks that really look like they're from Bendy and the Ink Machine. Like, a lot of inspiration looks like it came from Bendy and the Ink Machine for this game, at least in the scares and the settings and scenes. Oh, it's just, it's really interesting. And I want to know more, especially because this is a very ambitious project completely taken on by one person. 100%. Yeah. Uh, So it is going to be available on steam uh, sometime, someday. It, it looks great. I'm excited. Open world horror trains. Who to thunk it. I'm on the YouTube page right now. Look at this comment. I want a Harry Potter and Ron Weasley encounters Thomas the Tank Engine meme, but replace Thomas with Choo Choo Charles. <laughs> that sounds fucking horrifying. Replace Thomas with Choo Choo Charles. Oh, fuck. Imagine if they had the Choo Choo Charles mod in Skyrim oh, <laughs> instead no, of no, the no, Thomas no, the no, Tank no, Engine. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you know what? This is getting a lot of fucking steam. Ha. <laughs> Ah, it's getting a lot of steam right now. Like, a lot of people are fucking talking about this game. And, look, 
horror games are an interesting genre of gaming because, like, it can be just a total meme factory if you want it to be. Or you can work your ass off and create something really special like Bendy and the Ink Machine did. And I gotta say, for, like, we're making the concept of Choo Choo Charles sound silly, but it's got a lot of polish. It looks like this is legitimately a crazy horror game. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. It may be over the top. It may be really wild, but it's unique. It's something that you're going to remember. Like, you're going to walk away two days from now and just be like, Choo Choo Charles. Where did I hear that Choo-choo before? Charles. And then you're going to look up Choo Choo Charles and you're going to shit your pants. <laughs> All right, we got Choo Choo Charles. Uh, what else is coming out? Okay, so this next one I'm a little disappointed about, and I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. So we hyped up the Dead Space remake recently. That's right. I am very excited about it, revisiting the Ishimura, taking on the role as Isaac Clarke, cutting off the limbs. I am so excited. This game was huge in my gaming history. Then I went to see the price of it. Ooh, yep. Yep. And it is available for pre-order now for the right price of sixty nine ninety nine for the standard edition God, that just includes the game. Are they at least like calling it a remake, a remaster? Everything uh, I've seen just says Dead Space. Like they're not even emphasizing a reboot, a remake, or remaster. It just is Dead Space. That's some Nintendo bullshit right there. Yeah. A game that's been out for years. Like two decades almost. I think this game came out in like 2005 or six. I mean, given, you know, when you're talking about horror games, Dead Space is some of the most highly acclaimed gaming for horror that you're going to find. Absolutely, but it is. Nonetheless, it's been out for so long. It's been out for so long. And there were three separate editions there was the deluxe edition past the standard for like $80, I think. It was $79.99. And then the gold deluxe edition, which was like $99. Jesus. And it's like, this is an old ass game. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you re redo the story and like change everything from the ground up. You are marketing this as a remake. That is, that is such bullshit. I expected. Then again, it's EA, right? Yeah, it is made by EA. It's like EA and Nintendo are always trying to EA and Nintendo each other. Yeah. And it's just, so I could see EA pulling this bullshit, but I mean, for the fans at home, what do you recommend to combat this? Would you say dust out the old 360 and buy Dead Space for $4 on eBay or GameStop? Absolutely. Honestly, yes. Uh, Because the reveal trailer that came with the price tag, uh, at least it was showcased on Xbox's marketplace, the game looked past gen. Yeah. The game did not look up to snuff with modern games. It looked like it was made for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. It looked That's... a little better, a little bit prettier than right. the original game, and that was it. I I mean, if it were anybody else but EA, I'd be, like, more surprised, but it's EA. This And, like, I, I really felt like they just churned out this game through an AI, same way as the GTA remakes. They just... Threw it into the computer program. The computer's like, all right, I'll buff this graphic. I'll smooth that over and done. All right. So that is disappointing. What else do you have on the docket? All right. Moving away from that, uh, I got one more for us, and I am very, very excited about this. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the video game. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, I'm looking this up real quick, but what have you got for us right now? Okay, so Killer Clowns is one of my all-time favorite movies from the 80 B-list horror movies. It is a classic, one of the best you will ever see. And this is marking, I think, like the 30th, maybe 35th anniversary of Killer Clowns. Yeah. Uh, And there was a teaser for a new movie along with a video game. Okay. Now, I won't talk about the movie to any length because this is not a movie podcast. Nope. Uh, but the video game, oh my god, the video game looks fun. It is the same style of gameplay, and from uh, a lot of the ideas from the original director of the Friday the 13th game. Yeah. So the, the play style is basically one monster versus four human 
players. And the monster's goal is to try to kidnap, kill all of the human players, and the humans are trying to escape. Okay, so it's like Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. Okay. Evolve. um, And yeah, Friday the 13th. All of those. I think Friday the 13th was the one I was thinking of, actually. What's the one with Jason? Uh, That's Friday the 13th. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of as Friday the 13th, then, the game. Yes, and that gameplay is very closely represented to uh, Dead by Daylight as well. Okay. So you're going to expect that same kind of style and fluidity with, you know, multiplayer matches. Mm -hmm. But where this game diverges from the norm is it looks like you could have a couple clowns. Uh, these clowns have specific tools ranging from ranged weapons to melee weapons yeah. and even methods of searching and hunting the players like from balloon animal dogs that will track players to even like shadow puppets that'll follow people. Wow. Um, you got several variants of clowns like closely represented to the movie uh, all from like a basher who can cause shockwave damage you got the little clown who can like set traps and hide and wait for players jeez uh and yeah you know you just try to cotton candy cocoon all the human players take them back to your set ship and drink their juices with a straw jesus christ <laughs> you know I think shows like stranger things almost wore me out on the whole 80s experience of horror for a while there but that's what Killer Clowns from Outer Space is. It's set in the 80s, right? And even the game is, like, 80s. Yes, yes. Uh, well, it, the movie was made in the 80s, too. So it was just set in modern times. Yeah, but so, like, this game, though, says that it's still going to be in the setting of the 80s. So, I don't know. I think that's cool. I, I think it is, too. It looks like it takes place during the events of the first game uh, in the same town. And... I am just so excited to get anything Killer Clowns again because I think that was a franchise that needs more respect and needs revival. Have you ever seen Killer Clowns? Yeah, you know what? I have, but not like like an entire sit-down session. It's been bits and pieces. Uh, I'm going to have to get you to watch that sometime. I got it on DVD. I've got, um, you know, I've got a friend that does projector scary movie nights sometimes out, which I invited you to recently, actually. We watched Hocus Pocus. Which is like, you know, baby's first <laughs> Halloween movie. I don't know. Killer clowns from outer space. Like, it's hard to sell them on, like, real scary movies because, oh, there's kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Killer clowns from outer space is a movie about friendship. Yeah, it's about friendship <laughs> and family <laughs> and overcoming adversity. <laughs> I mean, adversity of clowns trying to kill you. All right. So let's talk about some of my favorite horror games, right? And it's important because a lot of these things that you've talked about aren't actually out yet, right? No, all of these things are coming out, and I wish they were coming out around the holiday, the Halloween season. I keep calling it the holiday season. Uh, but honestly, there aren't a lot of October releases this year. So what we need to do is give the fans an opportunity to check out some bitchin' horror games that are already out there. Now, I want to start off with one of our favorites. It's really weird with you and I's gaming experience because we don't have a lot of crisscross of favorite games, actually. Not a ton. But there is one we both adore, and that's Bendy and the Ink Machine. Absolutely. Love everything that surrounds that game. Now, I'm a bigger fan of just, like, the art style of the game, whereas it would appear you're a bigger fan of, like, the story and the lore that's actually hidden behind, like, what Bendy and the Ink Machine actually is. I, I am a lore whore. A lore whore? I'm a lore whore. <laughs> Okay, so let's say you are somebody who doesn't know what Benny and the Ink Machine is, right? It's been out for a while. How would you draw in somebody to play this game if it's their first time? Well, first off, I like how you use the term draw in. Yeah. That was good ah. wordplay right there. Um, bastardized Disney. Oh, my. It's perfect. Like, Dis- like Walt Disney gone wrong. Well, Bendy is supposed to be like a take on Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, um... Oh, what was that that game? It was Mickey Mouse Ink Crisis or like in the ink I something. I remember that. That was back in like the early 2000s, yeah. right? And like Mickey Mouse's counterpart was the original version of himself, that rabbit. Oh, that's fucking cool. I should play that game. Yeah, like that was a horror game. That was a Disney horror game. And that that game is my clo- closest representation to Bendy and the Ink Machine. Just... Walt Disney got awry. Okay. That dude, that's actually fucking a really great description. I've got two more, um, and they're games I've talked about before. Oxenfree. 
Oh, yes, yes, definitely a good one. Now, how much do you actually know about Oxenfree? I know I've talked about it a little bit. A little. I've seen trailers uh, and based off of what you've told me, but I don't know a lot. So it's an interesting indie game. I don't remember the name of the developer at the top of my head, but um, essentially, like, the art style is really, it's like a little more cartoony side. Like, it's a really long vision from people as they're kind of, like, uh, going up the mountain. It's a group. It's about a group of teenagers who are visiting this island that they used to visit all the time as kids. Except now they're doing it at night, and find out that it's haunted. Because why the fuck not? <laughs> one of their friends get possessed, and they're trying to find them. Right, and slowly, one by one, they're getting picked off. So, what's interesting about the game is number one, the story is it's good. It's not incredible, but it's entertaining enough. I think where this game really fucking shines is the mechanic, mm. right? Because the way you communicate with ghosts or get to the next area is you've got an old ham radio with you. And you need to, like, solve puzzles by tuning it to the right channels at certain times to, like, hear messages from ghosts, kind of hear what's going on from radio stations. It's a really interesting, unique mechanic that I don't think a lot of other games, if any, have implemented. Yeah, yeah. And is that the one, um, like, you would have a, a set list of questions you could ask it, like, What's your name? And, like, based off of that, it would actually respond. It's been a while since I've played it, but I think so, yeah. Because I couldn't remember if there were two games like that. Because there was one where you are, like, tasked as a paranormal investigator, and you have all the realistic tools in paranormal investigators' arsenals. Yeah. Um, And a lot of the same mechanics are built upon that, too. Mm. Like, poking the ghost to piss it off to see how it responds. All right. So I've got a couple more. Uh, number one, Night in the Woods. Another good one. So Fantastic. have you played Night in the Woods? Uh, I've seen a little bit on it, but I haven't actually experienced it. So Night in the Woods, if you're... So the other two are very, like, Benny and the Ink Machine is perpetually, like, action-based, right? Or, like, you've got to hide or fight or whatever. Oxenfree is kind of story-driven, but it's really more about that mechanic and kind of how interesting that is. Night in the Woods is extraordinarily um, narrative-driven. Like, if you're a walking simulator kind of guy, like I am, and you love a good story, that's what you're going to get out of this game. But the twist at the fucking end of that game is horrifying. And what's actually ironic is that the twist happens the night of Halloween. Ha. Right? So you play as this cat named May who um, basically had to leave college because she was having a lot of panic attacks and issues with her mental health. So she had to return home in her little small town. And uh, she basically spends the each one of her days kind of like reminiscing, going through the town, seeing what's changed, meeting up with old friends, and kind of dealing with what it's like to have friends move away or just Sad. You know, be lon- being lonely. Like there's, yeah, it is. Or like having issues communicating with your parents. Like there's a lot of deep emotion that goes into this game. But again, like, you get that on top of a really crazy twist at the end that actually is horrifying. Huh. I'm going to have to check it out. And then I've got one final one, which throws all of those other ones out of the ring. Doki Doki Literature Club. Yes, Doki Doki Literature Club. Now, at this point, you've probably heard of Doki Doki Literature Club because of how, like, I mean, that's what people say about it. It's like, look. I know it looks like a stupid dating sim on the surface, but it gets horrifying really fucking quickly. Yeah, and this is uh, closely along those lines of those JRPG horror games, those mock JRPG horror games. So uh, here's the the tragedy behind that, is nobody's going to be surprised when shit starts to go off the rails in Doki Doki Literature Club, because everybody by this point knows that's what happens, because... People talk about it so perpetually that, oh, dude, you'll never see this coming in a game like this. <laughs> well, I am because you just told me. <laughs> Precisely. But on the other hand, even if you know it gets crazy, you don't know how crazy. It gets insane. Ah. It's meta. It's creative. It's terrifying. It's scary. It's crazy. Even if you know it takes that horrible twist, I still recommend everybody tries Doki Doki Literature Club. Especially, it's free on Steam. Ooh, that's the only game on this list that's free. Ayo, that's a good one. That's a good one. Mm. Yes, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Let's Uh, do a playthrough together. Let's do it. I want to see your reaction the first time something crazy happens. You're like, oh, my God. Let's fucking go. Um, Ooh, on that note, uh, do you remember that old Markiplier game 
uh, well, it wasn't by Markiplier, but he played it on his channel. It was like Ib or Ib? I-B or I-D or something. And it was that little girl in the red dress walking through the art gallery. And, like, she had to interact with the pictures, and Markiplier died, like, several times. Holy shit, this was made on his channel eight years ago. Yeah. This is, like, some OG Markiplier. Ib just hit consoles. I just downloaded it through uh, Game Pass. So this looks like a more pixel art adventure. Yeah, it's a pixel-style horror game. Which is funny, because this was all the rage, like, eight years ago. I remember tons of games like this came out. Yeah, and now they're all hitting consoles. They're getting off of Steam. All right, so I've given all of my favorites off the list. I could go with other classics, right? Like uh, Slender the Arrival is always fucking good no matter when you play it. Outlast, of course, is great no matter when you play it. Until Dawn, if you're looking for like Absolutely. the you know, satirical take on horror, which is just a classic. Yeah, if you really hate your choices and really regret everything you do, play Until Dawn. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, some final, final mentions from me. Um, I'm going to talk DLC, uh, Halloween events. I'm not familiar. I'm just going to rattle off some lists here. Grounded's doing a Halloween event. You can find candy... Uh, candy corn around the yard. You can find okay. pumpkins. Anytime you pause the screen, you get a little Halloween icon. Good. Uh, Fallout 76 always does a Halloween event, whether that be just more Halloween decorations because the bombs ended up falling in 76 on Halloween, so they always take Halloween pretty seriously there. Uh, Dying Light 1 and 2 always oh, do a Halloween Dying event. Light, yes. Some sort of collect pumpkins and you can use them as grenades event. Uh, let's see. What else here? Um, what else? Maybe Borderlands. I bet Borderlands 3 will probably have some Halloween They usually stuff. have something go on. Yeah, yeah, they got something going on there. Uh, maybe even Halo Infinite's doing a Halloween event. Halo Infinite can barely keep up with their own games. Yeah, so we'll they're probably not adding <laughs> shit like that. Let's be real here. <laughs> I, I would love it if they were properly maintaining the game, but to my knowledge, that has not been the case. That's not the case. But yes, anywhere you turn, you can get your spoop on this, this season. Get your spoop on. All right. Anything else before we take off for the day? I think that'll do it. All right. Well, this was a good episode. I liked that we transitioned from talking about Mario to just all the best horror stuff we could come up with. I think we've got a pretty comprehensive list of some of the best horror experiences out there. And we did an episode without a, a script, so that was yeah, we did. That was interesting. <laughs> Zach sent it to us in the middle of like the recording session. He was like, "Hey, here's the script," and I'm like, "That's okay." Oh, that's okay. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's gonna do it for now. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us on another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. Bye. I was going to say bye. <laughs> A Huda Media Production.